The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 254 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host out in LA, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? I'm doing well. We got a lot of exciting offseason news already and the draft coming up on Thursday. So we're going to try to touch on everything. Yeah, this is your favorite part of the year, right? There's no no like stupid games you have to watch. It's mostly like potential <laughs> I had that thought. and rankings. I mean, I don't I don't agree with that, but I think a lot for a lot of fans that's true. Like think about this, like Denver Nuggets win the NBA title. End of the movie, right? That should be like everything's leading oh, to no. this. And yeah, the NBA no. and ESPN talks about it for like a day, two days. If, Meanwhile, if, like Damian Lillard may get traded. Let's talk about that for Z- Zion's getting called out by a porn star online, like actively right. extorted in the public eye. And that's it, it might be because Denver, for all their likability, and I think they are really likable, but like in a lot of ways, like Jokic, like, you know, he's kind of a boring superstar, right? He got drunk at the parade. He had a good time with his boys. And now it's it's over, right? Like it's for them. It's I, done. I, I don't even think it's a Jokic thing. I think it's just like we always want to look forward. We want to look about this draft. As soon as the draft happens, let's get Gavoni talking about next year's class, you know? Boy, yeah, that's uh, next year's class. Not so good. I'll be honest. This year's yeah, class really has good. a lot of a lot of helium and I'm going to dump some cold water on that, I think, because that's what I do. That's my job is to dump cold water on things. But let's talk about the big. Before we get to the draft, we'll talk about the big news. Brad Beal um, going to Phoenix for uh, the package is like roughly it may change a little bit. Uh, but the Phoenix, D.C. part of the trade is Beal and Jordan Goodwin to Phoenix for Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, some seconds. I don't even know how many seconds, to be honest. And then uh, a couple pick swaps like in the future, which probably means nothing. Um, Really. I think both teams lost. Does that make sense? Like, I, I'm not really sure. Like, both teams I, lost. You said. I, I just, I think, like, I would rather. Like, I'd rather be Washington in this sense. Like, they, they waited. I don't know how many years too late to trade Beal, right? Right, like, but two I years think that's ago they probably being unfair because it's a new GM. So, are we blaming him for this? Oh no, 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 Michael Winger. I'm not blaming yeah. him at all. Like, this right. is not his fault. Like, the, the he didn't sign Brad Beal to. Uh, Supermax deal like with a no trade clause, like the only guy in the league that had a no trade clause, and they put a trade kicker on the contract. Like the Wizards actively made it as hard as possible to get value from this deal. And I still think like they did okay. I don't think they did great, but the most important thing was getting out from under the contract because like they weren't going to win with Brad Beal. So you might as well accelerate the process. The sad right. part is like if I, you trade him, done it last year, if you, or you should have just not signed him. If they trade him three years ago, right, or if they trade him with a going into a year left on his deal, right, two years ago, they probably get like, I don't know, two first rounders and like a good player, right? Well, and also you say you're not super high on this draft class, but it's better than next year. So if they had tanked this past year, yeah. it would be pretty nice. I said that. I actually said that to one of my friends. Obviously, you know, people who listen to the show know I grew up a big Wizards fan and still would like for them to do well, but I... One of my friends who's also still a much bigger diehard Wizards fan than I am texted me about it. And I was like, yeah, they drafted. They started tanking just in time to miss on uh, Victor Wambanyama, the, Wambanyama, the best it, draft prospect of the last 20 into years. What I said about we're always looking forward to Wizards fans. I think they're actually more excited to look forward to the rebuild than they would have been just roll it back and try for the plan. Yeah, I, I think that's the problem. I don't think that Wizards fans think that, though. I think this ultimately means you're now not re-signing Kyle Kuzma, right? I, I, I can't imagine that you're... So and Porzingis has a player option. Right, which I've heard he might pick up. I heard he won't. But if he does pick it up, you're obviously trading him in the middle of the year. And I can't imagine that Chris Paul stays, right? Like, we've heard that they'll probably reroute Chris Paul, but he wasn't really involved in this. You know, he gave kind of this weird interview where... You know, he said he's found out about the trade from like his son and he gets that like Matt and Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas being the Isaiah he's speaking of, like just wanted to go in a different direction. But it seems like Chris Paul will be rerouted somewhere else. 
So maybe they turn this into a three team trade on draft night and, you know, or perhaps- they could just buy him out. I mean, like I saw Chris Paul on TV looking, um, I don't want to say happy, but not unhappy. And I think he's got his eyes on an LA team. Clippers are sounds Lakers. like the Clippers, right? Like, I think it'd be a great fit actually. Um, yeah. cause like they have the long athletes around, you know, defenders around him. I, I think, you know, they just need him to come in. You know, we've talked about how the Clippers need like a true field general for five years now. It seems like a good fit. Or the Lakers would be fine too. Yeah, Lakers would be good. Obviously. I mean, Lakers would probably make the most sense. And here's the thing I think there's a credible argument, and this is where I think I'm going to get yelled at by you, but I think there's a credible argument that Chris Paul is as good of a player as Brad Beal for the next season. And I understand well, that's bold, but I because I just saw on ESPN they were saying Kendrick Perkins had like firing off like five bad takes in a row. One of them was it's like trading an old jalopy for a Rolls Royce. I'm like, Chris Paul is pretty good still. I mean, Chris Paul is still pretty good. He he cannot play an entire season. We know this, right? You cannot rely on him, but like, can Brad Beal play an entire season? <laughs> well, yeah, like Kendrick Perkins, my favorite thing he said was in his laundry list of bad takes, he's like like you got a masters at work here james jones and isaiah thomas they know what to do and i'm like isaiah thomas knows what to do as a team what's, what's say, the isaiah, evidence of that isaiah thomas has uh I, I think it's 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 like rude to just dismiss people and i do think james jones has done like a pretty good job given the hand like you know given the yeah, hand he's been dealt he's and bad. obviously with the new owner coming in like we're just trying to build a big three right and the way that the salary cap rules work now like this is not the correct way to build a team and obviously you know, I was very high on the Kevin Durant deal, and I, I still maintain that, like, you have to take a chance on a guy like that. But Beal is not that. Like, I don't know that Brad Beal is a top 20 player in the NBA currently. Now, could he get back there? Sure. Maybe he was at one point. But, like, isn't aren't he and Devin Booker, like, very duplicative? Like, Booker is better than him. But, like, if you get the best of Brad Beal, don't you just get Devin Booker? Like, isn't that? Like, yeah, if you were comparing, if you said you Spider-Man meme, like, who is the closest to Devin Booker in the entire league or who's the closest to Bradley Beal? I think you would end up with them. With, with right? the two of them, right? And yeah. Beal, obviously, you know, this past year, he did shoot it a little. He played 50 games this past year, but, you know, his scoring average has been way down from the two-year peak where he averaged 30 a game. Um, and then, you know, he he hasn't been as good of a three-point shooter. This past year, he was, he was better, but, like, he shot 30% from three two years ago. He hasn't played more than... In the last four seasons, he's played 57, 60, 50, and, or 40 and 50 games. So, like, you know, he's kind of injured. He's turning 30. I, mm-hmm. I think that there are credible arguments to, like, Beal being the missing piece on specific teams. But, like, the Suns. Like, on the Milwaukee Bucks. Maybe oh, yeah, sure. Maybe, like, Miami you, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Miami made a lot of sense. I know they didn't really want to give up Tyler but, Hero. But, honestly, you're they right. Like, I mean, if you less. said, why what was wrong with Phoenix this last year? You'd say need more defense, need more depth. You know, maybe we're taking too many mid range shots. Like the Booker, I mean, Beal is just doubling down on all those issues. And this is a good stat that I I came up with myself. It might take a little bit to get there, but stay with me. So I can't wait. So let's say you take a hundred field goal attempts, just twos and threes. Okay. What percentage of your shots are twos? What percentage of your shots are threes? Okay, not free, not free throws, just field goal attempts. Okay, are you asking me, or are you going to tell? No, me? I'm I'm just leading up the concept of <laughs> what a field goal attempt is. Um, as a whole, the NBA took thirty eight. I'll get I'll round thirty nine percent of their field goal attempts from three point range. Okay, every team in the league, every player in the league, thirty nine percent. Okay, as a trio, Booker, Beal, and KD, known as shooters. No, you think of Booker and Beal as three-point shooters. League average, 39%. Those three combined, 27% from three. So what I, I guess I would ask you is, like, do we have a breakdown between, like, at rim and not? I, we, I don't think we have the at rim, that's, but, but, I, I, but I don't think similar. Like, Booker, you know, these, these guys are all kind of, like, tough shot makers. Um, right. Booker showed a lot more, I thought, playmaking ability, and Beal has shown that in the past. But, like you're now going to ask him to be like an off ball guy and make jumpers. And he's probably, I I hate to say this because he has such a beautiful jumper, but like he is the shakiest shooter of these three. Right. And he is going to be the third guy. And so like, yeah, you have, you know, a ton of scoring punch, but you're also, I mean, his contract is so outrageous 
for his quality of play. And he has no trade clause still like that doesn't get waved away. So you can't you you literally if you're the Phoenix Suns, you have pushed all your chips into the middle. Right. Let's make a poker analogy here. You've pushed all your chips into the middle. And like, I don't know how good your hand is like. You're definitely That's not. What a, I agree. That's you're what definitely I agree not with a you. coin flip to like win the title. So, well, I, I agree with you. Like, I don't. I would rather have Beal than Paul for next year, and certainly for the future, deep future. But I agree with you. I don't think their fortunes change. I think they were probably the second best team in the West last year, and I think they're probably the second best team this year. I don't even think depending on the Clippers' they, health. Maybe their biggest know. concern was that they couldn't really get stops, and they didn't really upgrade on offense like they were a good offensive team with chris paul kevin durant and devin booker and like yeah chris paul's not the defender he was but you can't replace him with brad beal he's a, probably a worse defender well and i yeah, think the good. hope is you know rising tides lift all ships where it's like okay we bradley beal had to take too many tough shots because when he was playing with john wall he was shooting 40 percent from three but correct these guys correct. are not john wall in terms of getting your shot but maybe it helps a little bit and gets him back into that 38 percent range maybe and if it helps everyone's efficiency rise a little bit, then you're going to be so good offensively that you'll outscore everybody. But I think the key to the trade is this. like, Okay, so you have Booker and Beal, both kind of like combo guards, I guess, at this point, or the role they might play, and KD and Aiton if he stays. Are they going to play a true point guard like campaign and go undersized? Or are they going to go big with like a Tory Craig or even Josh Kogi? Like, how would you... Who's the best fifth guy? We were in the same conversation a few months ago. Yeah, it doesn't change anything. And then the other thing is like now you are paying more money, right? Like for a guy whose contract accelerates and go, I mean, he's going to make like $55 million as like a 33 year old. And I just, the Suns stylistically seem like the worst fit for for Brad Beal. Like it doesn't improve any of like what they were already good at like what they needed help at and so like i agree with you here like i just don't they'll be fun to watch right like they'll score on offense like there won't be any sort of like i don't know they won't have days where they they struggle to put up points but and it also helps buffer injury concerns or you know hey bookers on the bench at least we have somebody else who can play stagger them yeah i don't know if they do that I, i think that like this is a great example of like an owner, you know, the Durant deal was like a really good example of like an owner being like, all right, we got to make a splash. And then this is like a great example of like when an owner needs people in his corner to be like, Hey, let's like, cause you could deal Chris Paul or you could cut him. Right. But trading, it makes sense. Cause he does have value. You could deal Chris Paul for like, you know, a pick or like some package of like depth around Booker and KD because like, you, you know, Zan, to your point, your argument has always been that like, if they could have kept Cam Johnson or if they could have kept Mikel right. Bridges, right? Like not a, and I always give you shit for it, but like <laughs> the point is like, if you can arm your stars with these sort of like bigger wings who can do a lot of different things, then that gives you more playability. And what they did was basically trade. They have no trade chips left. None. They went from having their powder totally dry before the KD trade to just like detonating the rest of their war chest, if you will, to stick with that analogy. And I think that like that's a problem. That's where like, you know, yeah. I, I totally understand Kendrick Perkins like stumping for former players, but like if James Jones was truly, truly, truly good at his job, he goes to the owner. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm telling you, this is a mistake. We cannot it, it could rely have been a on teammate as well. I think they played together, but I think the team building has changed slightly with the new rules too. Where it's like, or even five years ago, it felt like let's or two years ago, like let's get one superstar like a Luca or a Harden and just surround him with pretty good role players. And then you're okay. I think now you realize, like, hey, you need another guy, like another access, like to facilitate if need be. But then I think it's like two of those guys and a bunch of you know decent role players around yeah. that. You know, it's tough because like the finals and the, and the NBA playoffs in general like always seem to like break people's brains, right? And so, yeah. you know, we talked about this a little bit where like Denver won the title and Jokic, you know was like sort of a coronation for like how good Jokic is right but also like what it was was like people realizing that Jamal Murray is like an excellent player in his own right right like bubble Jamal Murray is not just a thing like Jamal Murray's awesome like Aaron Gordon fantastic role player for what they do not a guy that's easy to replicate right but the way that Denver built their team you know they have this contract with Michael Porter Jr. that's probably a bad one but it's okay because the rest of the moves that they made like make up for Michael Porter not being good enough and so it's like 
other teams are kind of looking at this like, all right, let's let's get this. Let's get that third guy in there. And it's like, all right, if you're Phoenix, you don't get to skip steps, right? That's yeah. that's sort of the thing. Like, you don't get to say, like, you know, like Denver drafted Jamal Murray, right? They traded for Aaron Gordon, then they paid him. They drafted Jokic in the second round. Like, that was, you know, somewhat luck, but probably somewhat being smarter than some other people. And then, like, Phoenix is just like, ah, forget it. We drafted Devin Booker. We'll figure it out. And now let's trade everybody. And like, you, you, that, I, that's the only not argument, how this works. Like, the only argument I think they could say is like, Frank Vogel is going to fix our defense. And so we only have to worry about offense. I don't know. It's, it's a they, weird move. Here's a, let me have a serious question for you. Can they afford to sign Josh Okogie for more than the minimum? I don't know. I, 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 thing, I understood like, they can, they can resign Tory Craig and Biombo. I know that. Great. Just real title winning pieces. They couldn't even play Tory Craig. Like, and, and this is where it just it bothers me. You know, I, I'm not a huge Brad Beal guy in general. Like, I've never been a giant fan of him. I I, I rooted for him in the Wall teams because like I love John Wall and like you know Beal seems like for all everything we've seen, he seems like a good dude. But like, he's a flawed basketball player as like a first option. But he wants to be treated like that. Like he wants to be treated like he's this amazing like best score in the NBA. But like. We now have the 90 game sample of him being like a 23 point per game scorer as a 30 year old. And like, if you can't stay healthy and you really can't fill it up, like if you, you know, like if you're not giving us 30 on a given night, like I just don't know how valuable that guy is. And now you're paying Brad Beal. I mean, he's making more money than Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, right? Like not, not that like we need yeah. a pocket watch, but, but like he's, I'm a, I am a Bradley Beal guy. I like him. I would, if if you told me like this is the contract, would you sign him as a free agent? I think I probably would, even if it's risky. But we just watched Phoenix lose to Denver, despite Devin Booker scoring like forty a game. It's yeah, like clearly say, that's not like the a, problem. Exactly. They they got like maybe they got nominally better if you can say that like Beal is a third option. He can stay healthy. They can alternate playmaking abilities. But like I. I don't think they improved. If you asked me today to go on Bovada, like their title ad should be exactly the same as they were. I think they went up slightly. It was like plus seven hundred now. Probably because like people. Probably because people were like, "Oh, Brad Beal, that's a good, that's a big." And name. also, I, you just don't have a lot of confidence in this team. Like they famously are trading their picks because they're like, "We don't know drafts a crapshoot. We're not going to really bank on that." And they haven't done a good job of like they have yeah. decent role. You know, end of the rotation kind of players, but they never seem to know what the order is, what we're doing with them. Like, I have no confidence in this team being able to like cobble together a cohesive rotation. He's going to make fifty-seven million when he's thirty-three, and he has a no trade clause. So, like, he probably will want to go other places, but it's a fifteen percent trade kicker in that final year as well. So, like, you just you can see this. I didn't believe last year when you guys you being like you and some of my friends said that like the KD deal had Boston Celtics, Brooklyn Nets ramifications to it. I did not believe it then. I do. I, I, I wouldn't go that far. I, I, I do just think wish now when the KD portion of this like experiment is over and who knows if this is KD's last team or not, that it could be really bad because like at a certain point, if this implodes and we don't have really any evidence to say that it won't implode, I, I think like Booker, Beal and KD all seem like, you know, semi-reasonable humans, you know, they they are dead in the water in like 2027, right? It's it's just like as a Kevin Durant defender and fan, it's just like, I don't know, man. I I he's not making the trades. I think, you know, obviously the only is he not making the is he not making the trades? Do we know that for a fact? I, I yeah, this is the thing. Like, and he certainly put together the Brooklyn roster. It's like you just you just ran with Kyrie and Harden, like. Like, you know, the sort of like your turn, my turn style is like, hasn't really worked for you. And you just keep going back to the well with like slightly different players in the yeah, same I, role. I truly don't get it. It's this is this is the same thing that we used to say about LeBron. Like he would build his teams. And I guess when he won the title in, in, in the bubble, like kind of a joke was on us since we just sort of like totally destroyed yeah. the fact that he like signed all these veterans for no reason. And, you know, they got really lucky that they got like three months off. But also like nobody was really lucky during COVID. So. But, like, Durant appears to be, like, looking at this as if, like, the 2012 Heat is, like, a perfect option for team building. Except well, also, for the fact like, those contracts were much lower. Like, none of those guys took a full max. Like, And it was, like, $15 million each. And Right. I think, I think like, LeBron was making, like, $18 million or something. Which And yeah. remember, don't forget when they, you know, GM Durant put together the 
the Brooklyn Nets. They insisted on signing DeAndre Jordan for a big money, and then they got annoyed that the coach wasn't starting him for. You mean uh, NBA champion DeAndre Jordan? Yeah, and I believe it wasn't even Nick Claxton. Like Kenny Atkinson wanted to play Jared Allen, right? He's like, right. I want to play Jared pretty, Allen Jared instead Allen's of pretty DeAndre. Good. Like, you know, maybe Kenny Atkinson I, knew what he was I, doing, and Steve Nash not so much. That's a, that was one of my. I, I think Steve Nash would make a good NBA head coach if he actually like had a chance to do it in a position where you could succeed. And and I think like it, it, the right coach maybe could have succeeded in Brooklyn, but obviously like given the, you know, Kyrie stuff, it's it's going to be difficult. But yeah, I mean, th- these guys, like they, they don't think about basketball in the era that it is currently in, especially as they get older. And so like, they don't think about the salary cap ramifications. Like they don't think about like the way that Denver was set up specifically like any of you even if you look at like boston like they couldn't quite catch the exact same team that they had last year where they were so good defensively right like they just they couldn't replicate that and like that's so hard to do so i guess if you want to just say like all right man we're just gonna like hope everything goes perfect and like we don't have any injuries and these three dudes are unstoppable on offense like i I guess it's not the worst plan in the entire world zan but it seems unlikely to work to me yeah i agree i look it gives them a shot uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I think it'd be fun. I like all those guys. Yeah, like neither one of us is saying that this is like a team that's going to be like a playing team. Like, I think we all agree that like they're one of the better teams in the West just with these yeah. three dudes. But it's like you got to figure out a way to manage their minutes. You probably need to be like aiming to win about 50 games. Right. And then hope you can keep them healthy in the playoffs and they can play 40 minutes a night. Booker can do it. We know Durant has done it in the past, but he's older. Beal, not so much. Not yet, at least. So anyway. Yeah. And let's talk about the draft. So you're finding the next Bradley Beal, finding the next Devin Booker. Um, I don't think there's that many. I don't know if there's any players that I would give like Bradley Beal ceiling to. Just uh, Wemby, uh, you know, obviously I, I think has a potential like Hall of Fame caliber ceiling to him. I don't know that I think anybody else is like definitely like an all NBA player. But anyway, do, yeah, we, need we'll to talk talk about, do we need to talk about Victor though? Like that that's no. unnecessary, right? Like he's going one. I'll I'll lead this because I you asked me to any because you have takes you have inside knowledge you have takes you have I don't have any inside eye. knowledge but I do have some takes. Let's skip over Victor. We talked about Victor. The only debate is it's him or LeBron, best prospect ever. Whatever, doesn't matter. Who will number one? I think number two is interesting, and I want to lead you into it like this because everyone says best draft, best player available. Don't worry about fit. And I actually think Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller both fit in Charlotte fine. I think Lamelo can play with either one. So ignoring that, I'm just curious, who would you take? Who do you think is actually better between the two and three? That seems like the hot button debate. Yeah, I I don't really like either player like as the the star, superstar like upside type guy, to be honest with you. Like the, the I, I guess I would prefer to take I've gone back and forth on this a bunch, right? And and I think that like Brandon Miller is very safe in terms of like how will he play in the NBA, right? Like he can make jumpers. He's got some size like, you know, you can probably plug him into any system and, and feel like pretty confident in how he plays. However, I worry quite a bit about his inability to kind of like get to the rim and finish at the rim. And I think that like for him to be as good of a scorer as he needs to be, he's going to have to get to that next level. And he's already 21. I've talked about his age quite a bit. And so. To me, like, I guess I think Scoot Henderson has more upside than Brandon Miller, which is why I, I think after all of this, I would lean towards taking Scoot at two. Now, I don't love some of the tape that I've seen on Scoot. I don't really understand why he wasn't better this year than he was last year. I do think there was kind of some notoriety in this, or there was some people who noticed that, like, you know, he was more of a scorer in year one with the G League. And then this year they were kind of like, hey, you need to become more of a point guard. But I I do worry about his feel. But when you're so athletic, it doesn't always seem to matter, right? Like, you know, Derrick Rose, your your Russell Westbrooks, your Jaws, like those guys just get to the rim and they score. And so they're able to overcome kind of a shaky jump shot. I, I just worry that Brandon Miller, given his frame, given what I've kind of heard about his work ethic, which is not that it's bad, but it's not like an elite work ethic. I just worry that he's never going to be able to to become the scorer that needs to be to be the second pick. And that like if he's just a if he's just like a pretty decent specialist who can like kind of score it like, you know, that's great. But I don't know that I think I'll I'll give you a good example. Like I was doting on Michael Porter last week, right, for impacting the game in other ways and being able to rebound, being able to cut like. I don't know that I think 
that this version of Brandon Miller and what we think he can be is that much better than like who Michael Porter is right now. And I understand that he's like a max player, but you know, I didn't know that if Michael Porter wasn't making jumpers, that he could impact the game at all. And sometimes he can, and sometimes he can. And I think that may be what we see from Brandon Miller. That's kind of my long winded take on why I take Scoot Henderson first. I just really worry about his lack of like physicality and his lack of like ability to get to the rim in college. Well, you know, it's a a good, good point on both sides. And I think like people compared the most common comp for Brandon Miller is Paul George. No, that's, that's, that's absurd. There's no way it's just, but I'm just saying like, and you know, to to the point about like, you know, the fluidity, defensive impact, like whatever, this might be an overrated stat, but Paul George in college averaged 2.2 steals per game. Brandon Miller, 0.9. So it's like, I just really think Brandon Miller's Rashard Lewis. Like that's who I think he is. Like, I think he's a gotta be a four man at his best. And I think he's a jump shooter. And so like, you can play that role and you can be really good in that role, right? Rashard Lewis, 20 plus point per game score. Like, don't get me wrong. But I just don't know how much upside we see in Brandon Miller, given that he's already 21. I, I know that's crazy to say. Like, I'd love to be 21 again, right? But I just <laughs> the, the Paul George comps. Like, what about they, the other guy? I thought of a more modern guy, a little Brandon Ingram, but Ingram is a better pass. So, so Ingram, yeah, Ingram, I think is a good bet for him. But Ingram was not the shooter that Brandon Miller was, and Ingram had more to his game. And also Ingram was 19, right? He was really young. So uh, you're really hung up on the stage. He's one year older than the other guys. He's 21 already. That's really uh, old. But as a shooter, 38% from three on high volume, Elite 86% shooter. from free throw. They have this sort of projected rate and they say math says 39%. So if he's a six, nine guy shooting 39%, that uh, certainly has value. Sure. I don't, I don't, don't. Don't nix this into me saying that, like, I think Brandon Miller's You're saying he's stay. limited upside. Yeah. I just think that, like, if I have the number two pick, I'm probably getting fired regardless because, like, whichever one of these guys that I add is more of a project. But, like, I'd rather take the real swing, right? And I think I'd, I'd swing on Scoot's athleticism and him being able to figure out with a more spaced floor, like, all right, this is what our offense is. And now I don't well, know would you Charlotte... say Because you're a little lower than consensus on both. So would you say at number – so you're saying at number two you would take Scoot. At number three – you're not high on either one, really. Do you think Portland should trade out and get a veteran? Definitely. And also, if I was Charlotte, I would trade the number two pick for either Brandon Ingram or I wouldn't think about it. And if I was Zion Williamson, I I would drive whatever the envelope that says like what the number two pick is. I would drive it to New Orleans to get Zion and just really gamble on that. Because like, so here's the thing. If we're talking about trading Zion for Zion Williamson, right, you're trading for one specific guy who, <laughs> whether he's healthy ever, I don't know. But like, do you really think like, all right, let's gamble on Scoot Henderson when it's like, is Scoot's ability to become like an all NBA player? We know Zion is an all NBA player when he's healthy. Obviously, he's got a lot of stuff going on. Again, I I, I saw that Starry commercial again with him and Carl Towns where Zion's wearing like a 7XL like shirt and it, it, it looks bad. Don't get me wrong. But like, we know that guy when he's healthy and like, we know who he is. And so it's like, look, if, if it's and like, I'm going to flip a franchise a, that needs like star if, power. If I'm going to flip a coin on a kid who's 19 or a kid who's 20 and like figure it out, or I can flip a coin on this guy who maybe we can change his habits. Like maybe we can keep him healthy. Like maybe we can change his diet. Cause like, if you do that, like you already know that if you do that, you have Zion. There's, there's so many other in-betweens on this. Like I, I would not want either one of these guys to be like the the face of my franchise moving forward, which I think puts me, like you said, in the minority. I think largely evaluators really like these two kids as two and three. But like, to be honest, like I, I just, maybe Scoot is a little bit higher. And like, I would put Brandon Miller kind of in that tier with like Anthony Black, Cam Whitmore. Interesting. Amen Thompson, I, I like quite a bit better than his brother. But, um, you know, maybe those guys are all kind of in the same tier to me where I think they've, They'll be good NBA players, but like, but I think there's more bust potential than I think uh, a lot of evaluators do. Well, this is what I would do. You didn't ask, but I'll tell you. I know. I'm, I am curious because you know you, I, you watch. Cl- these I went guys. back and forth. I've been back and forth. All you're going to take Brandon Miller though, because like you, your entire your entirety of like your analysis on NBA is like, can a guy shoot threes? That's <laughs> well, rude I'm to you say. This. But. I'll just tell you this. Um, in terms of debating, like. I debated a lot of the, the guys in the four, five, six range, who should be six, who should be seven, who, who should be, and I debated two and three a lot, but I, I never thought they were as close to the other group. I think that is a clear tier above the other guys. In terms of prospects, obviously, like things could go wrong. I would go to, Lam- if I'm two, I would go to LaMelo and say, look, like, can we count on you here? 
are you going to sign here and extend here? You know what and he's going to say? Talk to my agent. Know. And then his agent's well, going okay, to give you a bunch of mumbo jumbo. You're not going to know the answer. But I'm just saying, like, if I felt confident in him, then I would be. I would probably take Brandon Miller or trade for Brandon Ingram and try to build around Lamelo in that way. If I thought Lamelo was leaving, like, I, I think to your point, like, Scoot's like upside is like is higher as like the franchise guy. So then I would pivot and be like, okay, maybe we have to build around Scoot now and do that. But I'll tell you, I, I, it's a tough one. I'm really interested to see. And if I'm at three and I'm Portland. I would t- be fine taking Brandon Miller, even in Brandon Miller. I think in Portland yeah. makes more sense. Yeah, if sure. you have Scoot, if you're staring at Scoot at three, then I think Portland has some serious thinking to do, and either trading the pick or trading Dame. It's just like because I just don't see putting I think Scoot on the same team with Dame and Simons. It's I think just like, I think Charlotte's going to take Scoot Henderson if they don't move the pick. I I think that the defensive limitations for Brandon Miller doesn't make him jive with kind of like what I would expect Steve Clifford to want to do just based on how we know he coaches, but also with like the team being sold, like MJ selling the team. I think they probably want to like reset the deck a little bit. And like, you get this guy from G league ignite who like supposedly by all accounts is a really good kid, like very ready to have like, you know, does well with kind of like that star personality. And, and so like, I, I just think that like, for me, if I was going to gamble on it, then I, I, I think I would lean more towards Charlotte wanting Scoot Henderson at two. Which I think makes Portland's pick at three kind of interesting because there are some other guys that I'd rather have, I think, long term than Brandon Miller. But for Portland specifically, Brandon Miller makes the most sense. Yeah. And I, it's weird to think about this like Dame wants out if they go young, which I understand to some degree. But hey, Dame, you created this situation. Like, what I mean, are we you're doing under contract here? for four years. Brandon Miller, even if you think he has limited upside, even if you think it's Richard Lewis, like, he could if he can get there in year two or year three. That's yeah, a good a, player to he's have. A good player to have. That's exactly right. And again, he's probably closer to being able to contribute. Yeah. Because then I mean, he, he he had a terrible tournament, but he had a really good freshman year for, his, on a big program. They were ranked number one overall. I mean, like plus if you not play like he, him, if you like play a him, lot of these freshmen were not productive. He was good as no. a freshman. And think about this too. If you play him with Dame, like other than Steph Curry, like that's the most floor spacing you can possibly get for a guy like that. So yeah. that limits some of my concerns in terms of like, oh, can he get to the rim? Well, it's like, all right, if you play with Dame, like the gravity of who Dame is, like that will space the floor more. Like Shaden Sharp, very good shooter. Like yeah. resign Jeremy Grant. Like that's another guy. So it's I think that like he makes a lot of sense for Portland, where where I, I can say that like I do think Amen Thompson. Cam Whitmore, I think, is really interesting. I, I don't love the feel with Cam Whitmore, right? Just well, let's, going to- let's reset. So, like, the next tier, people would say, is, I would say, the Thompson twins, Amin and Asar, you know, Asur, put, up big, Asur. Asur, put up big numbers in Overtime Elite. They're about the same age as Brandon Miller, dreaded 20-year-olds. Um, it is and- tough. It is. Being 20, you know, I'd rather... <laughs> And I'm giving you a little S about that, but to your point, Brandon Miller would be the oldest of the top 14 prospects on. Yeah. So, you know, he's a reclass guy. Like it, it is what it is, but it matters. It matters. So the guys in the next tier, you know, the Thompson twins you have, and then sort of the four words, I think you can debate. Let's just put two in just for simplicity's sake. Uh, Cam Whitmore, who we've seen anywhere from like five to 10 listed. Trace Walker from Houston, same kind of range, four to 10. And he's more of like a big body defender. Cam Whitmore, more like a, you know, six 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 seven athlete. I think he's a little better shooter than those numbers. He looks okay as a shooter. Yeah, he's so, fine. He's an okay shooter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his form looks okay. You know, and both those guys are interesting. Walker and Whitmore, you know, listed on Tankathon on that site. Drace at two forty nine. Whitmore two thirty five for a small forward, very thick. And then the Thompsons like are great athletes, you know, for their size too. So like, where do you rank that sort of foursome? Yeah, I think I would take Amen Thompson fourth. If I like, the age bothers me. Like Anthony Black and Whitmore being a year younger than them is, you know, I I think kind of good. Like Whitmore is very young and probably has the most upside as a scorer. And then I think Amen Thompson and and Anthony Black, you know, do. do a lot for me in terms of like they're they're they are more point guards anthony black i think is like actually a point yeah guard, we didn't but, talk about him so anthony black if you didn't know six 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 seven like i would have anthony black Arkansas. in the same tier like i have those guys clearly ahead of jairus walker in my opinion like though this tier of like whitmore so so whitmore 
Anthony Black, Amen Thompson, very clearly for me. So of that, that group of four tier. or five, you're saying that's a next. Those tier. are my, and, and then like a Sir, Jairus Walker, probably, I don't know, Taylor, Taylor Hendricks, Hendricks, maybe, yeah. maybe like for me personally, like Grady Dick, I think I would have in that next tier just because of how good he, I think he actually is. But so the, the Black and, and Amen Thompson to me are like pure, are actually point cards. Like the, Amen reminds me so much of Andre Iguodala at the same age. Like, just doesn't shoot the ball at all, but, like, elite athlete, like, very good passer, like, very understanding of, like, team defense. I I think he's very quick twitch. Whereas, like, Anthony Black, you know, he just does things at, like, a slower pace, but, like, extremely high feel. But I do think I would probably go Thompson, Whitmore, Black, because I do think that Cam Whitmore is I don't love his field for the game. Like I, I just don't think he has great field, but he's 18 and his upside as a scorer, I think, is higher than probably everybody else in the top 10. Well, that's a maybe, good comp. I mean, like of maybe saying, like Scoot Henderson, if you will. Like well, comparing Amen to Anthony Blacksmart, because they're both big guys who can play point guard. That gives you a huge advantage if you're if your point guard six six, six seven in terms of switchability. And I think you're right. Black's not on the level of athlete, even like a couple notches below. A little better of a shooter, though. Like that's the thing with Ahmed Thompson. Like it was just terrifying. You just said I only think of threes, but he's like a twenty-three. He's a he's a bad shooter. Hundred percent, he's a bad shooter. Sixty-four percent from the line. Like is that fixable? Whereas modern day Ben Simmons, right? Anthony Black, for example, I think the Thompson twins have more compete in them than Ben Simmons does. Just in case we're talking about that, but like Anthony Black, I do think he's not a great shooter, but his form's like not horrific. Like, can he get to thirty-five percent from three as a spot-up jump shooter? Like. Maybe right, and, and I think he, he can really. I've move seen like the Josh Giddy sort of comp, like a big point guard who's not a great shooter, but like I don't know. Fine. I think he's much more defensive minded than Josh Giddy, and I also think that like Arkansas was kind of a weird situation, right? Because like when he they played without Nick Smith, he was so much more involved, yeah. and then when they played with Nick Smith, he like was very happy to defer. And this is not a knock on Nick Smith at all. I just think that like by nature this is who anthony black probably is like he he's more of a cog than he is like the main guy and that would worry me about anthony black which is why i would have whitmore over him well let, I, talking about like thompson the a sir you said or a sir a sir a sir, a sir. but like the reason you're saying like i understand the like, amen over him because look there's a role for amen if he's a point guard defender yeah i just like his game, feel like, for the game better a sir if he's you know, great athlete, non-shooter at the wing. That's like, what do you do? With it's that? hard to, it's hard to be that guy if you can't make shots. Now, both of these guys are fantastic in transition. A sir, a little bit better in transition, probably a little bit better as just like a pure scorer. But yeah, I would have him, I guess I would have him in that next tier, like that third tier, if you will. Cause like, here's the thing. I, I, Wemby is his own tier, right? Like that guy, you know, he's way out ahead of these guys. And then I think that second tier, like I said, it's probably for me personally, those next five guys, right? I think you Scoot, said this. I don't remember if you said this on podcast or not, but just to you know, hammer the point home, would you rather have the first pick or the next five picks? The first pick. What? Yeah. Not not close. Not close. I, I mean, if I could trade the like, next five picks, like that'd be great. I think I would rather have like the sixth pick than the second pick, if that makes sense, too. Because like, if you draft two, I guess it depends on if you think like Scoot is definitely better or Brandon Miller is definitely better. And I don't think that personally, that's kind of what I think. That's why I have Brandon Miller in this higher tier because all the other guys are talking about, like there's clear like flaws in their game, you know, or at least holes that could be problem with Amen and blacks. Like, let me ask you a question. Cam Whitmore, just to say his one flaw, you said feel for the game average 0.7 assists per game. Yeah. He's not, not a guy that enjoys passing, but he is 18. Let me, let me ask you this for a second. Yeah. What do you think the odds are that Brandon Miller is like definitively better than Grady Dick? <laughs> well, I like Grady Dick too. But I'm saying <laughs> so, like they're they're I don't to know. me, you're saying that Brandon Miller has less flaws, right? And I, I, I say you're, the you're odds that Brandon of that Miller as a better. prospect. You're th- you're speaking of that as a prospect, right? Like he can dribble, yeah. he can shoot, yes. he's got a good frame, whatever. Here's my argument to you. I think there's a very good chance that Brandon Miller is much more of a specialist at the NBA level than people are saying. I'll say this. If Brent the odds of Brandon Miller is better than a Sir Thompson, I think, are like eighty percent chance. Okay, that's fine, but I didn't ask that. Like, I, and, and well, I'm just saying, have, like, I don't have a Sir are... Thompson in that tier either. Well, I think I like... the odds that he's better than Jerry's Walker are, are like similar. Like, I just think he's, he's yeah. Walker's Walker's good. Walker's like you kind of know what you're drafting. I think if you draft Jerry's Walker, like he's how young. much is it? Talk about Cam Whitmore. One more thing about his sort of limitations. How much does it bother you, non-passer, right now? I just saw something kind of interesting. Like he has limited wingspan for his 
what you'd expect. It was like six eight and small hands. Does that bother you at all? Wingspan obviously bothers me. You know, for a long time, I kind of used to like joke about how like you know Jay Bills was like this guy's got a huge wingspan, but like it does matter some, right? Like it's hard to be a like limited wingspan guy if you don't have a lot of other skills, and that's kind of the thing. Like you know, Whitmore's a really good athlete. But, like, he's not super active defensively. Like, he's not a great passer, but he is. He does flash, like, as an offensive player. And I think, I don't know, it does bother me, but it's not, like, the biggest deal to me in the entire world. Like I I said, we're dealing in a lot of different flaws, right? Like, that's what I don't agree with you about Brandon Miller. Like, I do think that there are flaws there in terms of, like, how he's a prospect. Even Victor obviously has some flaws in the sense that, like, you know, a gust of wind could tip him over (laughs) and and he could, like, you know, get hurt. I'll I'll tell you the guys that I actually have at – three like the a tier below uh tier three i would say the top of tier three i don't think i'm scared of the thompson twins like i i don't know if i would take them depending on the team well you I have let somebody I mean, else have that it's, it's hard to it's hard to pass up like six seven athletes you know i don't I mean? know like, but like how often like we're watching the finals how much did like i guess aaron gordon was a good athlete but how often did like athleticism let me ask you a question like what about christian braun are you serious like he his role was like just to be active and like play in transition sure. and try to defend you, i'm not drafting christian braun in the top four okay though. that's fair okay okay that's fair but that's he, fair. Are the guys that I think are higher floor guys. I like Trace Walker better than you, just because like he's big good. Dude, I think he's good. 250, 72 wingspan. I think defensively, like watching the tournament, like he stepped up when he needed yeah, to. Yeah, he can he can guard a bunch of guys on the perimeter. He can't guard fives, but one through four for sure. Yeah. And it a little scares me if you're talking about actual team fits. Like, I don't think he's a great shooter. So if you put him next to like Jalen Duran in Detroit, that would kind of scare me a little bit. Um offensively. And then the guy that we haven't talked about yet, Taylor Hendricks, you know, no name because he's on Central Florida. But you talk about what you want in sort of a modern four. He shot 39% from three, blocked one and a half shots a game, seems like a good kid. You know, I mean, doesn't he feel like one of the safer prospects? I don't know. I mean, he seems like it, but guys that pop late like this, him and like uh, Bilal Kulibali from like... Uh, Wemby's team like I'm worried about guys like that because like they pop late in the process like competition they're playing is like not amazing like you're you're going off like a lot of measurables at least Hendricks had, you know statistically had a good season so I don't know that he seems super safe to me but I also wonder like Hendricks I, I think there's some talk because he people think he's a really good jump shooter but like is he a five is he a four is he a three like like what is he in the NBA and that is one yeah. thing that I've I have really started to try to take more seriously is like what is this specific person's role and like well, how and the, how do they make their living let's see what he did in college because you think like hey you're on a smaller program you're six nine what role were you playing i'm guessing he was the tallest guy on the team let's see um they had a guy taco fall you ever heard of him <laughs> taco fall yeah he was the, i mean the tallest like starter so and the guy blocking the rim so like maybe some of those numbers are inflated. it's it's, it's again he's kind of weird because like he's a power forward but like he's not like a big rebounder. Right. And that's okay for certain teams, but like, it's hard for guys like this. If they're not, if they're not athletic enough to like guard tweener fours, then like he has to be a five and it's like, all right, if you're five, you have to be a rim protector. And he can, you know, he, he did block shots at a, at a reasonably high level. Yeah. He did, but he didn't rebound well. And in 34 minutes at night compared to like Cam Whitmore, who's playing 27 minutes a night, for example, on a better team. And you think Grady Dick is like in this conversation? Because like I think honestly, if it wasn't for one thing about him, he would be. He's six seven, shot forty percent from three, eighty five percent from the line, defended better than you'd expect. Is it just like I'll just be frank? Like, is it the fact that he's white that is keeping him? Honest, I don't know. Like, he's the top good. Five list? I don't know if like top five probably doesn't make sense. He he. I don't really like to make like these types of comparisons because it like feels lazy but like he just seems very much like kyle corver in a lot of ways where like yeah he's a very good player he's quick a very release. elite jump shooter shoots yeah exactly really quick release can like really help you on offense from a gravity perspective but like you know can he be a lot better than that i don't know but he's i mean he's been good in high school and he's been good in college like he's a guy that like i would start to talk to myself about it like eight or nine but like, you, i don't you joke you joke that like i just care about three point percentage but it's not just because like I'm Johnny box score. It's just like, I've been burned in the draft too many times where it's like once Josh Jackson learns to shoot or once RJ Barrett gets better shooting, it's like, it seems like it never happens. You know, it's like these guys like improve very marginally. Like it's almost like you are who you are. 
Yeah, but it's and so that's why like a guy like Bryce Sensiball will probably shoot up the board a little bit, like you know, very good shooter. I would imagine Jordan Hawkins, his floor yeah. is probably well, I like the teens. This idea to you. Orlando has six and eleven, and they have Paolo, they have Franz, they have Wendell Carter. Like they don't have shooting. They've never had shooting. Yeah, I would imagine one of those. Pay- I would imagine one of those. They're going to try to get Grady Dick at eleven. I would. I would assume. But like, what if they just come away with Grady Dick and Jordan Hawkins, and we're just like, we just want a bunch of shooting around Paolo. I don't know. It, it just depends on like how good you think the rest of your team is. Like it's hard. I, I think it's very hard. I, I would say like that's fine, right? Because I think those two guys, like you know, in the NBA, they're going to be able to make shots. Now, can they yeah. get open? Do we have a, like a Luke Kennard situation here where like that's the best you can be? That's one of the reasons I like Grady Dick quite a bit. Is he's like damn near six eight, right? Like I think he's bigger than you think he is. Whereas Jordan Hawkins is probably more six five, right? Yeah, he's six five. He's also elite shooter, eighty eight percent from the line. But to me, I look at Jordan Hawkins as one of my favorite like top 10 top 12 because it's like you always think okay limited upside but that's what they said about like desmond bain too like if you're yeah, an elite shooter exactly like right. you can be like a 20 million dollar guy and, i mean and i think like i said i i really like grady dick you know the other guy i really really like is Derek whitehead you know he never he's probably the youngest prospect in the draft have talked about this before and uh he was a very good shooter at Duke, over 40%. I think the situation at Duke was a little bit odd with John Shire this year instead of Coach K, just kind of like, you know, changing over for a legend. Plus, he got hurt, hurt his foot, never really regained the explosiveness that we saw from him in high school. Uh, hopefully, you know, a year out, he, he is going to regain some of that explosiveness. Like, he's a guy that I would look for in the lottery, and I don't think there's a chance he goes in the lottery. But I but I think, like, you, you gamble on a guy like, all right, he can make a shot. And, like, he really competed in high school, like – he was really a much better athlete, like, and you would assume he doesn't have that athleticism, you know, be robbed from him, kind of like your AJ Griffin a little bit, where it's like, oh, we saw him, it looked like he was running in like cement blocks, and then all of a sudden, you know, like we get halfway through the NBA season, and it's like, damn, like I wish we had drafted AJ, like AJ Griffin, right? Like, and I, I think that's very similar with Derek Whitehead. Like, he is a, a wing who can shoot, who can defend, who can really compete, and he's further down the draft board than you know, say like. I don't know, Keontae George. Like, I wouldn't think about taking Keontae George before yeah, I would take Derek Whitehead. It seems like. But two other guys in the lottery that might surprise people. Um, there's been a lot of smoke around Dallas, maybe taking Derek Lively, the big guy who can looks he's like good. he can shoot threes. Maybe. I mean, he is like who he is, right? Like, yeah, he's one of those like six, you know, seven, eight wingspan kind of guys. Yeah, he's going to, he's a screen and dive guy, excellent defender. Like, Derek, I'd be Derek fine Lively, with that pick, it's right? cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Derek Lively's cool to me it's but fine. the biggest mystery man that you were on early kobe buffkin right why is he a mystery man like well, he played i had Michigan. never seen him in the lottery until like a week ago yeah i think there's a chance he goes like eighth but he's a six five michigan guard but like why is he rising so much like what did he do that was so great you know why he's real young seriously you and like your he's, youth he's really i mean he's not 20 right Who are like, you jeffrey epstein <laughs> wow that's an unacceptable answer so <laughs> I think he's, you know, people can talk themselves into him as like a point guard, right? Because he, he is, uh, you know, he's very long, like very young, 6'5", but also, you know, I think at Michigan, somewhere in the neighborhood of like three assists a game, but didn't use a ton of possessions, right? Like they had other guys that like had to score a bunch. Obviously, like he is a very good defender, you know, for his size, like his steals and blocks, like pretty up there. Uh, shoots it at a pretty reasonable rate, gets to the foul line too. You know, I, I think once Jet Howard got hurt, he was able to create a little bit more. And I think people were like, oh man, like this is actually a combo guard. Like he's not just an off guard. And so I think that's one of the reasons why people really like him. Plus, you know, he did play at Michigan. He's got two years of college basketball experience. Juwan Howard is running a lot of like pro style sets there. I think there's a lot to like in terms of what his potential looks like when he's away from a guy like Hunter Dickinson, where you just had to feed the post a bunch, right? And so I think, that's why people really like Buffkin. Okay, well, let me ask you this, because other lottery guys we haven't talked about, Kentucky point guard Kayson Wallace seems like a safe, good defender. Yeah, you know, guy. it's funny. All these Kentucky guys, like, they are just they just make it, right? Like, they end yeah. up being okay enough shooters. Like, Wallace seems like a good player to me, right? I would draft um, him in the lottery. Okay, so we're, you know, high or mixed on all the guys in the lottery. But give me one guy in the lottery, before we get to sleepers, one guy in the lottery that, besides the top, you know, two and three you're not in love with, one guy that you think is the most likely to bust? Us, us. Asser Thompson, 100%, like 100%, to me is the most damning statistical profile that's hard to make up with just athleticism. And again, some of it could be like how overtime elite was, but it's like they set this league up and this team up to be like catered to the Thompson twins, right? Because they were the biggest names. And he just like, 
didn't show a lot of growth in my opinion, whereas his brother has one skill set to fall back on other than his athleticism, which is that he's a good passer. So like Thompson to me is the guy that I just, I watch him and I'm like, I don't know if I, I don't, I just don't know if I can get on board with it. Like it's really tough to be like a six, seven wing who can't do anything, but scoring transition in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, you get played off the, the floor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get played off the floor. So, okay. So outside the lottery, let's hear some of your sleepers. You already mentioned Derek Whitehead, who's listed at like 28 on ESPN. So we're underrated. I agree. Who else do you think outside of the lottery or in the second round is a potential sleeper? All right. I got two guys. I think, I don't know if they'll both end up in the first round. I think they probably will both end up in the first round, but um, Leonard Miller from Ignite, who's like a Canadian big man, about 6'11" you know, really came on towards the end of the year. He's not 20 yet, but shows uh, skills, I think, as like more of a combo forward than a five, which is what he went to ignite as last year. I think he will rise. I think Leonard Miller is a, a, a very worthwhile swing to take as a like long kind of like combo post who can shoot threes. And the other guy that I just like really, really like, and I know he has a lot of helium behind him now, but Brandon like Podziemski from Santa Clara, you know, he's small, but Really just five he, good he shot 44 percent from three he can really and shoot rebounds. it and he really rebounds for like his size and then he has a really good feel for like finishing around the rim like he isn't really like great float game package like he's not really like settle for a mid-range jumper he's more like get to the rim he's got a bunch of these different finishes like i like him a lot i think there is here you go. You ready for this cross-racial comparison? I think there's more Josh Hart to his game than people realize. That's a and great like, comp that's for a, a great rebounding guard. And so, like, he is a better scorer than Josh Hart, probably a little bit uh, worse of an athlete, but obviously a better jump shooter. So, like, I, I really like him as a riser. And then, I guess, like, one more that I particularly probably would like to gamble on. I think I would gamble on Nick Smith. Like, Bryce Sensible is a really good shooter, so I think he'll go higher than people think. But, like, Nick Smith just a bad situation in Arkansas. Like he got hurt. He never really figured out how to kind of like integrate himself within the team, blah, blah, blah. But like you are talking about like a 19 year old, like six, five ish wing who can really score, who needs to put on size. Like, I think I'd probably take a chance on Nick Smith knowing a lot of the time that I just miss out on that. Right. Yeah. Like, he he kind of reminds me of like Jaden Hardy from last year, where it's like a guy who really fell out of the top five, but like he still has upside. Like, would you rather like, have Nick Smith? Like, you know, the other thing is like, maybe you can wait and you can take Amari Bailey in the second round or maybe yeah. late first for Amari Bailey, who, who might be this similar in that regard. Yeah. I have, like I was writing something for Reddit about sleepers. The guys that I listed were, Mari Bailey from UCLA, because he just didn't get the chance really to shine. And he he could be a good defender, at least. I, I stole your Derek Whitehead. Um, I like Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine. He's good. He's good. His stats aren't, I mean, his advanced stats are poor, but he's playing for a team that was like nine and 22 or something. So it's like, how much do you trust? Did you give me the, the did numbers? you, did you throw in the Julian Phillips? Cause like that's one, that's a perfect one for you, like six, seven young wing who can't shoot at all. Like, but he played for Tennessee, so their offense sucked, but he could really defend. So, like, if he becomes a jump shooter, he's all of a sudden a playable guy. Yeah, but I'm I'm over the teaching kids how to shoot. I'm over coaching kids. I just want a guy. You know who's interesting? The one last guy we should talk about, maybe, just because he's such an interesting case study. Amani Bates. Amani Bates listed exactly where I was thinking. He's listed at 53 on Tankathon. Some people, I just saw a blurb, but they don't want to touch him because of the drama. Yeah, I uh, was like a generational prospect. I would draft Imani Bates in the second round. I'll just tell you that right now. Like, obviously, he's got some stuff going on, but he is 6'8". He can create his own offense in the half court. Uh, You know, he needs to kind of get tougher, I would say. And he needs to, you know, he's already failed a little bit. Like, he ended up at Eastern Michigan, but like, I would draft Imani Bates for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, in terms of Imani Bates, in terms of Pat Baldwin last year, in terms of the Pepperdine kid, Maxwell Lewis. Like, I think sometimes when you're on a bad team, you get underrated. And I was comparing like Paul George was on a bad team, you know, um, never won 500. And it's just like, you kind of get off the radar a little bit. And there's only so much one basketball player is going to do. Like, you know, unless he's LeBron James, he's not leading Eastern Michigan to like the final four, no, or like Larry that. Bird or something like that. Um, anyone else we, we didn't talk about? It's It's interesting, you know, I agree. Like, I don't think it's a stellar draft outside of the top one, maybe, but I I think the moves around it. I just love that teams are just being so aggressive. Like, let's trade for Bradley Beal. Let's trade for Damian Lillard. Like, that makes the draft even more exciting. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be, it'll be an interesting night, I think, because there's a lot of shit going on, right? Like, a lot. And to me. Do you think Zion gets traded or not? 
I don't know, man. I don't. I wouldn't do it if I was New Orleans, but I could understand being like tired of it, right? Like I could understand being like, hey, it's just not going to work here. So like, let's sell right now. But also, like, are we probably selling when his stock is? Yeah, I mean, he didn't play last year, but he if he could still get the number two pick for a guy who didn't play last year, that's pretty good value. Can I give you three? No, I'll give yeah. you four. Kind of like guys, two that I think will get drafted, and two that I will. Not, I think will yeah, not go get as drafted. deep as you can go. All right, so here's two: Jordan Miller. I really like from Miami just gets a lot of stuff done, like shoots it well from two shows some playmaking chops. Like he's old. You always kill me for old guys. He's a fifth year senior, right? Started George Mason. I don't kill you. You're the one who's been obsessing yeah. with these. No, no, about age. We're saying like, okay. Oh man, yeah, like, he's yeah. 23. So, and a half. so he's yeah. 20. He's old, but he is, you know, the type of guy where you, you kind of watch him. And you're like, man, he can defend, like he can make an open jumper. Like, Really good guy, I think, that if you're a team in like the late second round, you're like, hey, you know what? This is a guy that might actually make us better in the next couple of years, right? Not not like a guy you're going to take a swing for the fences on, but like you're looking for an NBA player. He's a guy that I think is is right up there. Um, I also really, this is probably a regional bias thing, but I'm a big fan of Seth Lundy from Penn State. Shot 40% from three, really high volume shooter. Seems like the type of guy that like catches on because he can really shoot, right? And you see, put him in the G League to see like, hey, is there more to his game? He's also a bit older, but uh, he's a guy I, that- But I-, I agree with your logic because like, the, look, there's a lot of 23-year-olds in the second round, like Trace Jackson Davis, Keontae Johnson, the guys you mentioned where it's like, like, even if the upside's limited, we're talking about all these teams that are like stars and scrubs. It's like- Yeah, you need to playable find- Playable guys- like an Austin Reeves type, exactly. You know? Like, who cares if he doesn't have a huge upside? Like, I could play him twenty minutes a game, exactly. A good contract, and that's that's kind of what I think. Like, you know, Austin Reeves was older. Like, he was a point guard. He showed a lot of playability in terms of like, you know, he can play both guard spots, but he also knows what he's doing. He's not going to muck up your offense. He's going to make an open jumper. Like, you know, and he showed more than that. Don't get me wrong, but that's what I'm talking about here when you talk about guys like this. And so these next two guys are like way off the board deep cuts like not i don't okay. know that either one of these wait before run. you get to that i want to ask you a question about roster building team building coaching because like some teams like oklahoma city utah whatever you're loading up on all these picks is there a limit to how many like projects a coaching staff can have on the team like yeah if you probably shouldn't have many because you need guys who can win <laughs> or it's just like if i have like six guys at the end of the bench who are all like raw do I have time to make them all better? No, of course not. But this is, I'm talking about guys. These are guys like Jordan Miller, I think could make an NBA roster. No, and I'm just saying as a general philosophy, like I wouldn't draft a lot of like projects in the second round and just waste roster space. on. No, you can't do that. Right. But you also can draft a prospect in the second round and put him on a two-way contract now because you have two That's deals. Right. So it doesn't. Okay. So give him your two deep. Here are your two deep sleepers. Okay. One is Justin Powell. Have you ever heard of this guy? No. Okay. Played at Washington state. He's about six, six, about 200 pounds from louisville kentucky white guy uh played at mount bird but he, he started it he started at auburn then he transferred to tennessee and then he finished last year at washington state uh last year was the first time he ever played like a full season he averaged 10 points a game four rebounds three assists uh shot 43 percent from three uh i think he's a lot like dante DiVincenzo. I, I think like he's not quite that athletic but he's a better playmaker doesn't rebound quite as well but he's a better shooter uh, he's a guy that i think will get a lot of love on uh, a training camp roster. And then my last one. Super- That's interesting. I just look, Google him. He looks like he's 12 years old. He's played for three different teams. Yeah. So there's some, some weird stuff there. Now here's my last one. I'm not even sure if I'm going to say his name, right? But so Nate Lejewski, he played for Notre Dame. He's a fifth year senior. He is six foot 10, 230 pounds. And uh, I think he was wildly underused or underutilized at Notre Dame. But you're talking about a guy who's a legitimate six ten who has shot 38% from three in his career, uh, shot 46% from three as a redshirt senior. But last year, 14 points, seven rebounds a game. Uh, he is kind of a specialist in the sense that, like, he's probably just a jump shooting big, right? Like, he doesn't really block shots. He's an okay rebounder. He's a little bit soft. But this is a dude that, like, you see him walk in the gym, you're like, oh, my God, he is 6'10", and he can really shoot it. Now, he may end up being a European player. I don't know. It's very possible. Like, he, you'll see him on a summer league roster, and you'll be like, wow, this guy looks the part. I would love to get him with somebody who's like, hey, we can really utilize a, a floor spacer because he's not skilled like Kelly Olynyk is, right? Like he doesn't have that same level of toughness. He's not that same level of defender. But at Notre Dame, you know, they're they're kind of playing this like five out offense, like maybe in a different system where he's in some more pick and rolls. Like this is a guy that you can look at and say like, all right, I know he's old, but he's totally filled out and he can make jump shots at a high level. 
Can we turn this into something else? I've never heard of him. His last three years in college from three, 43%, 46%, 39%. Pretty impressive. You know who a guy like, you know, Jay Huff is taller, but like I just hear about him being like a good end of the roster. That's what I'm saying. Like Jay Huff is a good guy to have on a two-way contract. And I don't know, for the record, I don't know that like Lazuski's on anybody's board. Like I haven't seen him. I'm just telling you, like if I was an NBA front office, he would be one of my first calls after the draft because he's not going to get drafted, right? Like there's no chance. But I would want to take a shot at him as a free agent. Like, please come to camp. I want to see, like, can you really make shots against NBA talent, right? And that's the thing, because you're just trying, at this stage of the draft, you're just trying to find NBA players. Like, you're not going to, yeah. you know, it's great. Maybe you uncover the next Nikola Jokic, but there haven't been that many of those guys. So can we can we find <laughs> Drew somebody? Timmy. Who, I saw Drew Timmy say, like, Nikola Jokic really helps him. People see him now. Yeah, so. maybe. I don't know. All right. That's probably it for us. Yeah, you no, any, you went you as deep as I, other? this is like, you know, coal mining deep here. Yeah, I try. All right, that's I guess that's it from us. The draft is Thursday. Uh, I guess we'll be back on Tuesday to you know give draft grades and all that good and stuff. And trade you, grades. I think they're going to. Uh, there's going to be some trades for sure, yeah. but I'm not going to speculate on that because I have no idea. I, honestly, I don't. I, I I really need to start watching some more film of guys too because. I'm afraid this like Brandon Miller specialist comment is going to come back to haunt me in like three years. No, it's I, fine. I, feel I, I appreciate about it. it. And I, I'll say like, if I had to plant my flag on one guy, Victor Wambinyama, <laughs> I'm saying Maxwell Lewis is going to be a good player. I think Maxwell Lewis is, and good. he might go in the twenties. So I want to take credit for that one. That'll be my big bold pick. All right. That is it for us this week. He is in underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. Lots of takes about the draft. I'm sure coming now that Reddit is back up, right? Things are good (laughs) about Reddit. uh, You can email the show at Ellison at gmail.com and we'll be back next week. And as always, Ann, it's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news. 